God's promise of faithfulness. And that's one thing we can count on God for, right? His faithfulness. Stand strong. Building your life on God's promises. That's the theme of the studies that we'll be looking at over the next uh, several weeks. Uh, six weeks. And then we'll move on. That's unit one. And then we'll move on to unit two. But in this one, uh, it reads, life is tough. You can stand strong. None of us is immune to the trials and tribulations of life. Even followers of Christ face difficult days. It wouldn't be a, wouldn't it be great to know we have a constant source of strength and encouragement to depend on? No matter how difficult life may become, I have good news, we do. A constant source of comfort, encouragement, strength, and promise is available to all people. God has given us his word to help us navigate this exciting and sometimes challenging journey called life. The Bible is filled with promises that come directly from the heart of God to encourage us no matter what we might be facing. Through these promises we can see how God truly wants to establish deep connections with his children. In other words, God's promises reveal just how much he loves us. God never promises, promised this life would be free from trouble and he did promise to walk with us every step of the way. With God on our side, we can stand strong. And uh, that's by Jonathan Fowell, who's the author of this particular study that we're going through. So as you mentioned, um, if you look at page 12 in your personal study guide, you'll see the six uh, sessions that we'll be looking at. First one, God's promise of faithfulness, based on Psalm 89. And the second one, God's promise of eternal life, 1 John 5. Uh, the third, God's promise of provision, Psalm 34. The fourth, God's promise of answered prayer, uh, Luke 11. And session five, God's promise of victory. Session six, God's promise of a new home. Uh, session five is Romans 8. Session six is Revelation 21. So let's begin then by looking at the first session, God's promise of faithfulness. What is the first question that we see on page 13? Okay, so what are some of the promises that God makes to his people? People make, what does people make? What are some of the promises that people make? What have been some of the promises that people have made to you that they did not fulfill? We get those all the time, right? What are some of the promises that people have made to you that you're kind of disappointed on because they didn't come through? Borrow money and never pay you back. I think that's the top of the list, right? <laughs> borrow money and never pay you back. And then they borrow tools too. This guy, um, my neighbor, uh, the neighborhood that I live in, this guy was the first to have his house built in that in that subdivision, and um, when I when I went in there, uh, I met him, and uh, he used to come around all the time. And uh, one day he came to my I just knock on my door. He came. Uh, I need to borrow a hacksaw, and uh, so he bought he, he had locked something up and he couldn't get and uh, he bought this hacksaw 
And um, that was about probably three years ago. And I haven't gotten that hacksaw back yet. Okay. He brought a shovel one time and he brought it back a couple of months later. Okay, but people always do that, don't they? Mm -hmm. The tools. The labor is free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are some of the other promises people make? Who are big on making promises anyway? Who are big on making promises that they don't keep? The government. The government, okay. <laughs> or politicians. Uh, politicians. Elections are coming up in another year and people are going to remember all those promises that have been made. You know, uh, when I, if you vote uh, for the no gambling referendum, I would go by what would you, your decision. Didn't happen, right? If I get elected, I will serve half my term. Did it happen? Promises, promises, promises. So we get those a lot. Look at the point at the top of page 14. God is faithful in every circumstance. God is faithful in every circumstance. God cannot be called unfaithful in any circumstance. Okay, let's have someone read the uh, Bible Meets Life on page 14, please. The Bible Meets Life. We've all been left hanging by failed promises. I pay you back. It won't pay a bit. The doctor will see you shortly. Some broken promises can be avoided. We can't do anything about traffic or self-illness. That is uh, much more painful. And I can stop here. What about these husband people? The problems they can be faithful and dead. You know, I can't leave that out of the dead people. Okay. In either case, we have the experiencing of broken promises from slight irritants or devastating blows. We may begin to question the ability of anyone to remain faithful to their word. The good news is God never forgets or neglects his promises. He is always faithful. No matter how difficult life becomes, God is always by our side. Psalm 89 is a wonderful reminder of God's faithfulness, a reminder that gives us hope in the most hopeless of situations. Okay. Alright, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 89, but consider the setting. That Psalm 89 is a is a is a lament is a lament called a lament psalm and the first section of psalm of the psalm uh, verses 1 to 37 uh, praises God for his faithfulness and power and that's something that we do constantly a lot we praise God most of the times uh, for his faithfulness and his power the psalmist recalled the, the covenantal promises God made to David and his descendants and, uh, and he does that frequently the promise that uh, David, uh, David's throne would be established forever. And uh, the second section of the psalm, that's 38 to 52, uh, the psalmist appealed to God to remember his covenantal promises and the acts of faithfulness to rescue the psalmist. And uh, uh, God's anointed ruler uh, 
from his enemies. And so those are some of the, the things that we see in this particular psalm. If we can have someone read the first two verses, please, on page 15, psalm, uh, verses 1 and 2. I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth. For I will declare faithful love is filled up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. Okay. I will sing about the Lord's faithfulness for how long? So that means you're never going to stop. It's a continuous process. A couple of things we need to note uh, uh, from this psalm. The writer of the psalm, that is Psalm 89, is identified as Ethan, the Ezraite. And he was a Levite uh, connected to the reigns of King David and King Solomon. So he lived during their particular time era. And the psalm is termed, is termed a miscal. While the exact meaning of the term is uncertain, is uncertain, it is thought to be related to instruction and wisdom. So it's an instruction and wisdom psalm. So if you want to get anything from this particular psalm, it would be instruction and wisdom. And so the psalm is a psalm of wisdom and instruction. This type of psalm is used in periods of worship. Uh, those who went before God to worship him would use this, this particular type of psalm called a miscal. And the psalm can also be divided into three sections. Verses 1 through 18, a focus on praising the Lord for his faithfulness. Psalm uh, verses 19 to 37 are reminders of the Lord's promises to maintain a descendant of David on the throne of Israel. And then uh, the last verses, 38 to 51, are a cry for God to restore the king to power and glory. And so this lesson will center on the Lord's faithfulness and how his response how he responds to his people's praise. So we're not going to look at the entire psalm, just those two sections, God's faithfulness and how he responds uh, to his people in praise. Okay, let's have someone read the paragraphs on page 16, please, of your study guide. That's not all go at once. Day 16. Yeah, go ahead. Psalm 89. Psalm 89 is a fresh morning of weakness of our God. It also highlights his closeness. Knowing God is mighty great. Mighty great and powerful. Should cause us to shout the Lord. Not to mention knowing that he's ready to put everyone of those churches to work for us. God is there for us because His love, His faithfulness is love. Even in the midst of our worst pain, He can find joy in God's love and closer to us. When I was in the middle school, a friend who told me, told me that my class actually liked me. As you can imagine, this was a pretty big deal for an awful man. 
Waking us up in the morning. Hmm? Giving you another day. Like uh, Brother Albert mentioned uh, this morning, we are above ground and breathing. Okay? And you never know what the day is going to turn out when you wake up in the morning. You know, my son came by me to, to, uh, to visit me at the office on Friday. And um, they, we had just heard breaking news about another murder. And uh, someone posted the picture on social media. I don't know how many of you saw that. You saw it? Yeah. It was, it was terrible. And you know, we were talking, you know, if this guy, if they were in a confrontation, why didn't he just injure the fellow? I mean, to just ward him off. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, he meant to kill the guy. He meant to kill him. You know, and uh, it's, you know, we never know what the, the blessings are we're going to have. Now, that guy got up that, that morning and he said, well, you know, he, work, he already worked. He needed to go and get his money. He already worked for it. And so he goes to the guy and says, you know, I came to you to pay me what you owe me. And then there was a confrontation and he jumped in his car, drove off and came back with a piece of steel pipe. And he says, you got to give me my money. Or else. And the guy takes his brother's, well, they, they made sure I mentioned licensed shotgun and blew his head off. Literally, literally blew the guy's head off. I mean, he doesn't that tell you he meant to kill him? He could have shot him in his arm or his leg or something just to stop him. He blew the top of the guy's head right off. But it's one thing we can we can we can we can uh, praise God for, and that is God's faithfulness. Every day is a reminder of God's faithfulness. When we wake up, when we go from point A to point B, and we get there. That is a reminder of God's faithfulness. When we set out to accomplish something and it is accomplished, it's a reminder of God's faithfulness. Not, sometimes we take credit for it ourselves. Oh yes, I did this and I made it. Oh boy, I'm so glad I, I pulled it off. God's faithfulness is never factored in there. And that's one of the things that we need to be mindful of. Every day uh, is a reminder of God's faithfulness in the things that we accomplish. You know, the psalmist says, commit your works to the Lord and he will grant success. And if you begin the day committing your works to the Lord, you're going to have success. You know, I got to got a, uh, uh, a bill one day um, last week. Uh, one of the properties that I managed and the bill, the BEC bill was six thousand one hundred and seven dollars okay the last bill was a hundred and two dollars and change now how in the world could the bill get so high in a matter of two months right so i said what in the world is going on here you know so i said i need to inquire about this but of course you know all the wrangling and the red tape you got to go through and so i said lord you know i'm committing all of my works today to you so that you will grant success and I'll be careful to give you all the glory that comes out of it that's what the psalmist says he says commit your works to the Lord and he will grant you success but sometimes he does that and we forget to give him the glory because we're so excited about the success we forget to give him the glory so I, I uh, 
asked my, my boss for an authorization letter to go to BTC because it was their house. And uh, they gave me this letter and I went there and uh, the lady looked at, and I had already, I already gone to BEC's website and looked at the history for the last 12 months and all that stuff and seeing all of that. So she did the same thing. All right, and I carried all my copies that I printed from the website, just in case. She went on that and she looked at it, and then she called somebody else and, uh, and she said, yeah, I was looking at the history and this, this is a highly unusual, which is what I said too. You know, so she said, okay, uh, we'll have to send somebody out physically uh, to do a physical investigation, right? Uh, so I said, man, this was Thursday. She said, I'll be Friday. If it's not Friday, it'll be next week. So I said, okay, could you give me the meter readings for the last 12 months? She said, okay. So I went in there, she tried to, 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 to uh, fax it, it didn't work, uh, because BTC is giving us problems now with the phone line, the fax line is down. And so, you know, we commit all these things to the Lord, uh, because it's a daily part of what you expect things to happen. And uh, so I went back there the next morning to get the readings, and, um, and I asked the lady again, said, when you say they're gonna get there now, she said, if it don't, it's not today, it'll be next week. So I went to the house and I was doing a meter reading every morning just to make sure things were stable. So when I pulled up to the gate, because it's a gated community, the security said, Mr. Pierce, our BEC was just here and they changed the meter. I said, great. So I went and looked at the meter, read it, it was different. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because you commit your works to the Lord and he will grant you success. And it's something that we ought to be doing every single day. And so again, what are some of the, the everyday reminders of God's faithfulness? All of the things that we commit to the Lord that he comes through and uh, responds to. We ought to give him all the glory. Okay, we get an exercise on page 17. Uh, it says, in the, in the heavens, what words or concepts do you associate with the sky? Record your answers below each of the following three images. In what ways does the sky reflect God's faithfulness? Anybody did that? What did you, what did you come up with? That's a homework assignment. It, 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 uh, you have a uh, response and it can be Okay, right, let's see what you have. Uh, just by looking at the pictures and what's been happening lately, where I saw the clouds, I felt rain. Okay, rain, okay. For the sunset, I put beautiful. Mm -hmm. For the lightning, I put powerful. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Very good. Anybody else did, did that? Okay, that's a good, ex good exercise to get into. If you haven't done it, you can still do it. Uh, and reflect on what you come up with and, uh, and be mindful of God's glory and his greatness. Okay, as we move to verse eight, 5 to 8, we continue to see them, see the theme of God's faithfulness in addition to his majesty and strength. Uh, let's have someone read verses 5 to 8, please. Yeah. 
look at the paragraphs on page one, uh, page 18, sorry. Page 18. Notice. One evening as I was driving home from my, with my family, one of my children yelled from the back seat, Look at the moon! The moon that night was larger and significantly brighter than I have ever noticed before. I found out later this was a phenomenon called the super moon. This occurs when a full moon happens to coincide with a peregrine moon. That is, when the moon makes its closest approach to Earth, causing the moon to appear as much as 14% larger and 30% brighter. I couldn't help thinking that we live in such an amazing universe. It's mind-boggling to realize God spoke it all into existence with just a word. That's powerful. But notice the next paragraph. Then God who created this, this breathtaking universe is the same God who loves you. Even as the heavens call his people to celebrate God's glory and power, his faithful love should also be the cause of great celebration. Psalm 89, 5-8 shows us the universe declares God's faithfulness even as it declares his awesome power. The heavens praise your wonders, verse 5. Nothing and no one is more deserving of praise than the one who created everything. As Psalm, 91, as Psalm 19, 1 states, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims the work of his hands. Everything we see in this world and beyond is a testament of the power of Almighty God. Simply gazing into the world around us, we are reminded again and again of God's matchless ability. Read that again. The heavens praise your wonders. Even the majesty and beauty of the universe pale in comparison with God. Nothing can compare with the majesty of God. The heavens declare his faithfulness and praise. The angels have witnessed it and sing of him. The world was shaped by his very hand and gives witness to his greatness. Be encouraged in knowing that the same God who created it all is the one whose strength and faithfulness we can count on when we need it most. Question number three on page 18. What does it say? In other words, what experience have you had recently where you experienced a strong sense of God's majesty and power? Anybody? to know that she is absent from your presence with one moment, one moment present with the Lord the next moment yes that is that is a sense of God's majesty and power 
at the point where we feel most helpless, God is most helpful. Anyone else? The most recent uh, experience of God um, redirecting that heart away from the Bahamas, mm -hmm. you know, and that shows the greatness of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people think about that too because that hurricane was supposed to affect the entire chain of islands. It was supposed to sweep from the bottom all the way up and affect every single island. And the, the, the threat was uh, torrents of rain. But of course, God changed all of that. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a good one too. The strong sense of God's majesty and power. No one else could have done anything about that but God. And he did. Good. Any, anyone else? Recent. She's not doing well. Okay. <clears throat> Father, we commit our dear sister Rosie to you at this moment. We are quite mindful of all that she has gone through and uh, she has been commended as being such a strong woman uh, but she has her challenges and you know exactly what they are as a great physician. And so Lord we committed to, to, to you today and we pray Lord that whatever the issue is you would allow the medical professionals to be able to diagnose it right away and be able to prescribe the necessary treatment because you have entrusted them, you have entrusted her to their care. But we pray, O oh Lord, that you would give them the discernment that they need to be able to make the accurate diagnosis and the appropriate treatment. And we pray, O oh God, that she would indeed improve from the condition that she left here in today and, uh, and be able to experience greater normalcy in her day-to-day living. We commit it to you in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Okay, let's continue with uh, question number four on page 18. Okay, so what is the connection between God's majesty and God's faithfulness? connection between his majesty and his faithfulness. We are reminded in the psalm that God is majestic in all his ways. Even truth? Okay. Anybody else? His majesty never changes. Okay. And so neither is his faithfulness. Okay. So they are both comparable. When we look at verse 5, we are reminded that God's faithfulness is celebrated in heaven. In verses 5 and 8, praises are directed toward God. In verses 6 and 7, praises are declared about God. In verse 5, those praising God are initially identified as 
the heavens, and secondly, as the assembly of the holy ones. And then, we also notice that the Lord's faithfulness is paired with his faithful love. In verse 5, the Lord's faithfulness is paired with his wonders. In verse 8, the Lord's faithfulness is paired with his strength. And so such awesome faithfulness warrants faithfulness from the angels as well as from us. The angels are often praising God because of his majesty and all that he does. And we ought to be doing the same thing. Because you can't live in this world without, uh, without seeing the majesty coupled with the faithfulness of God. Okay. As we conclude with verses 15 to 18, we see the proper human response to the majesty and faithfulness of God. And what would that be? Look at, look at the verses. Verses 15 to 18. Happy are the people who know the joyful shout, Yahweh. They walk in the light of your presence. They rejoice in your name all day long. And they are exalted by your righteousness. For you are their magnificent strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. Surely, our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. And so the proper human response to the majesty and faithfulness of God is praise. That's how we properly respond to God's majesty and faithfulness. We praise Him. And as we look at our hymn books and, and uh, look through other hymn books, you'll see many of the hymn writers, one of the things that they do paramount more than anything else is praise God for all that He has done. Okay, let's look at a couple of major points on page 19 as we get closer to wrapping up here. Up to this point, the psalmist had declared the importance of celebrating God's love and faithfulness. But what good is talking about the love and faithfulness of God if you've never experienced the love and faithfulness of God? Every couple of years in the United States, we go through election cycles to decide who will lead our government. During the campaign season, we inevitably hear a myriad of promises from the candidates about what they will do to make our city, state, or country, and our lives better. But too often, those campaign promises fade away after the election is over. And when the next election rolls around, we find ourselves wondering, did anything get better? In verse 15 to 18, we see that when we trust God's faithfulness and choose to live in His presence, we will experience great comfort and joy. When we live in his presence, he exalts us and imparts his righteousness to us. God did all this for us through Jesus Christ. In his faithful love, God sent Christ to forgive us, redeem us, and bring us back to him. As a result, happiness and joy are sure to follow. We find encouragement, comfort, strength, and joy by walking in the presence of God. We experience the faithfulness of God when we are fully connected to Him and His will for our lives. As followers, now note this point, 
as followers of Christ, we are given the great privilege of knowing his joy, walking in his presence, and being exalted by his righteousness, just as he promised. See that? You see that? Just as he promised. In other words, God never fails in any of the promises that he makes to us. Could you name any time that God made you a promise and he didn't come through? No one. Ethan, the Israelites, Ethan and the Israelites could sing praise to an earthly king and to the power and protection of God the king presented. Modern Christians can sing praise to Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who has all power and authority. Remember in, in uh, Matthew 18, Jesus said to his disciples as he was leaving, all power, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he gives us the command, go and make disciples of all nations. And so the, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who has all power and authority, who has redeemed us by his blood and is our God, he is the one who is in charge and he's the one who makes these promises and keeps them. How blessed we are to experience his faithfulness. We are blessed people indeed. Last question, number five. How can we actively increase our trust in God? How can we actively increase our trust in God? Anybody? Getting to know him better by studying his word. to see how much, to show him how much we trust him. That's what you're saying, right? By taking risk. Okay. Exercising faith. Saying, Lord, I believe that you are able to do what you say you can do, you can do abundantly above more than I can ask, think, or imagine. Okay, trusting him. Many times we find ourselves in a situation where God wants us to put our trust in him by leaping out. Okay, coming, coming out of our comfort zones, as Nadine said, taking risk. And God is there waiting to deliver us and to show us how powerful and how majestic and how faithful He is. But we don't give Him a chance. We don't give Him a chance. We pass up that opportunity. And so we can show how we trust Him by actively stepping out of our comfort zones and allowing God to show us what He is capable of doing. You know, we talk about what God is capable of doing. But we don't give God the opportunity to allow us to experience that by trusting Him. The point, back to the point. God is faithful in every circumstance, which means we can trust Him. Okay, live it out. How do we live out these truths? How do we live out the lesson that we have learned here today? Page, what, 20? Page 20 in your personal study guides. Three things we can do. 
God that reminds us how much God values us and loves us. One, choose forgiveness. God will never break his promises or let us down. But we can't say the same for people, can we? When someone breaks his or her word in, coming, in the coming days, choose to forgive that person rather than marinating in bitterness and disappointment. First thing we can do to live it out. The second thing we can do to live it out is note God's faithfulness. Make a daily habit of writing down how God has blessed you each day. Keep a journal of God's faithfulness as a constant reminder that God will never let you down. Second thing we can do. The third thing we can do to live it out, third and final thing, is share God's faithfulness. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Do you know someone who is struggling with faith because of the trials in his or her life? Use the principles found in Psalm 89 to help you serve as a witness and testimony of God's faithfulness and love. Find those individuals who need to be encouraged and tell them what a mighty God we serve. Let your story be a reminder of God's faithfulness. Can we do those three things? That's our challenge for the week from this lesson today. Okay, finally. Notice the, the statement uh, that was mentioned on page 20. I promise you can be sure that people will let you down, even those you love and trust, but not God. His, promise, his promises are, trust, are a trusted foundation on which you can stand every day of your earthly life. And you can take that to the bank. Cash it. But you know, he says, this comes very fast. The more you know him, the more you can trust. And I come to that he is with all of this comes in truly knowing him. Way down, all the poor guys, they're down in the prison said, God, I know him. You know, so that is really a, a deeper gesture. You know, people that just to know me know. You have to really, really get into it and really get into you. What we do more with people, we should be doing more with God. And trusting. Trusting. The more you get to know a person, the more you trust him, right? The more you get to know God, the more you can trust him. So we do more with people than we do with God when it comes to trust. 